Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Cousin Eddie. And together, we're going to explore what it's like to be in and leave a religious cult. I'd like to interrupt the flow of our program just for a little bit. Our next guest is Steve Johnson. For those of you who may not know, Steve Johnson is one of the founding members of the International Church of Christ. Steve Johnson was also the leader of the New York City Church of Christ. Steve Johnson was in charge of all of the churches on the East Coast of the United States. Steve Johnson was in charge of all of the churches in the Caribbean, as well as the churches in Africa, in Sub-Sahara Africa to be exact. Steve Johnson was considered one of the top leaders in the International Church of Christ. Make no mistake. With all of that being said, Steve has agreed to join us on the Reclamation podcast. Since season two of the Reclamation began with the Henry Crete letter, I thought it was only fitting for us to begin our conversation with Steve regarding the Henry Crete letter. And Steve speaks with us about the condition of the New York City Church at the time of the letter. He talks to us about the open forums that ensued, and he talks to us about finally resigning from his role as the leader of the New York City Church of Christ. Steve, welcome to the program, and thank you for joining us. Well, hey, good morning. How are you doing today? I'm great, man. I'm great. I wanted to have a discussion about, you know, your time with the church, as this program is about people who's who spend time with the church, right? Whether they're still there or whether they've left several years ago. I, I want to go back to 2003. And the reason I want to go back to 2003 is because that was when the, uh, the infamous Henry Crete letter uh, appeared. And for whatever reason, I still can't really figure it out. Things changed. Things changed drastically upon the uh, release of the letter. And one of the things that happened, one of the ramifications, rather, was that you resigned as the leader of the New York City Church. Um, and I believe it was spring 2003. Can you take us back to that time and, and tell us why you chose to resign? If you insist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, where do I start this story? And, you know, uh, I... I'm sure if I start rambling, you'll help me. No doubt. To, to rein it in. But in, in 2003, the answer to your question is why the reason I stepped down, maybe instead of going back, I should start there and work backwards if you want to. The, uh, the letter written by, by Henry came out to us in New York in January, early in January. When you I, say to us, you mean the leadership? To, uh, to the church in New York. I, I, the leadership. I don't know when other guys and other world sect leaders got it. I mm -hmm. just remember. I remember clearly, uh, and, and you can help me with this. Maybe if not now, sometime with the folks you talk to. I think the last time the church met in Madison Square Garden, I think was in two thousand two, November of two thousand two. I believe we had a. I. I I'm fairly sure that happened. I, I would almost bet my life on it because it was a year after 9-11. But the reason why I, I start there in November is because uh, the, the group in our world sector came together 
And there was already, uh, I don't know that, that Henry's letter had got to anybody, but there was a lot of, of unrest. There weren't the open forums yet per se, but I know in Atlanta, uh, there were people that uh, were, um, I don't even remember how to describe it. What was good. There was enough unrest or whatever in the congregation that Steve Zapp came and said, hey, everything's over. There's a there's there's a lot there's there's a there's a lot of moving parts a lot of moving parts, but I do want to go to 2003 and your resignation. What it sounds like, though, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like the writing was already on the wall for some time. Well, yeah, and I didn't read it right. I didn't read it correctly. Yeah. The, I thought the steps that that I took and that other people were taking. Uh, uh, I, for for me, the I mean, look, I'm, there's there's a different way I look at a lot of things now, and I'll try not to put it through the filter of of old Steve. Now, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try to do what you're asking me to do is go back to that time. Yeah, and at that time, the way the way I reasoned it is the 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 11 or 13, however many of us that were world sector leaders, we'd become a bottleneck. Uh, too much had to go through us. Too many decisions, uh, too much, too many decisions, too, too much power, too many decisions. So I was under the impression that it was letter, then resignations. But the picture you're painting for me sounds like there was already a lot of flux happening behind the scenes. I've always looked at it like Henry lit a match on on dry kindling that was just that had just been waiting to 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 explode to, to burn. Yeah, and from from November of two thousand two to January. In January, we we had a a Bible talk, a New York City Church Bible talk leaders meeting. Okay. And now at this time, I'm employed by the New York City Church again. The folks in New York who are part of the ACE, everybody decided if if I'm going to take ACEs apart, I've still got a job. And they wanted me to spend more time in New York. They wanted me to focus more time in the relationships in the group. And so New York was supportive. And this goes directly to answer your question. And uh, the, the New York City Church had a little over $7 million. And the understanding was that that money we always had, we built up the um, we built up the money in New York so that there would always be at least a year of support for Africa and the Caribbean were anything to go sideways. And that happened in 2003. Yeah. And uh, in January of 2003, we called a Bible talk leaders meeting. I think it was at Hunter College, but I don't remember if Hunter holds 4,000, I remember there were 4,000, we had about 4,000 people. Might've been Baruch. I think you're right. I think you're right. We had a, we had a meeting of the Bible talk leaders. I gave one of the longest sermons ever on where we are the, we're in the castle keep there, the hordes that people, you know, and, and I wasn't thinking really, I wasn't thinking of people mad coming against us. It, to me, it was a lot more spiritual. It's like, you know, right now, mm. this is a spiritual battle and and everything is changing. And but I, as I recall, I went through this long message about how we needed just to focus on the basics or something like that. And But after that, it was that night 
in January after that meeting uh, that uh, Steve Allen, now Dr. Stephen Allen, uh, a friend of mine came up and said, have you seen the letter? And he had a copy of the letter and, th- and this, and it, it, so somewhere, somewhere around Christmas or so, this uh, Matthew Walpert, I now know because Matthew's a friend, Matthew had, had spread, had circulated Henry's letter. Uh, I think Henry had given it to a select few people in, in the London leadership already. I don't know, but that Steve Allen comes up, Stephen Laurel, his wife says, have you seen the, I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, you need to read it. You need to see it. So this is the first time Steve Johnson is being made aware of this letter. Yeah. January, okay. 2003, right after, right after that, that meeting. Okay. And, and I am still thinking we can, you know, we can have a new day. We can change things. We can change how we operate on a world scale. Uh, the, uh, and um, within days after that meeting, everything, everything changes. Yeah. And uh, there are, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting emails uh, from people that are, are beyond irate, beyond, beyond upset. And we start having, uh, uh, and I go, I remember the first, I went, I went to the Bronx and uh, I remember Mike Patterson, Mike and Sean, who are like family, they're dear, dear friends of ours to to this day, to this day, they're like family. My dad always loved Mike more than he loved me. (laughs) They were were very, very close. Uh, And, but uh, Mike and Sean were in the Bronx. I was going to speak in the Bronx and they said, and this was, this was your first stop as your, as your, and this I is, I don't know that it was, I don't know that I had in mind that it would be my, that there was going to be stops that, but this, this turns out it was the first stop. And this is now, correct me if I'm wrong here, cause I'm trying to uh, help the audience follow along. So you find out about this letter. Um, you see that it's, it's what it says, and then you're getting emails from people that are beyond irate, like you said, and people are upset with you for whatever reason. Yeah. And, and I, t- and, so- and I talked to Henry, uh, and you Henry, talked to Henry, Henry called me. Uh, I remember where I was sitting when I talked to Henry, we had a good talk. Uh, we can, we can talk about that sometime, but this is this trip to the Bronx. I'm, I'm, I could be wrong, but it was either late January or early February. Because and, now, and now you're going to the Bronx to I went talk to, the to people about to the issues, the issues well, that are happening. Well, I, I went to the Bronx with um, with the, the the idea that I could just say everything that was on my mind, and people would be okay. Here, here's you know, and. and Every everything had just changed. It, it went okay. it went from a time where uh, I felt like I could I could think out loud with everybody and explain stuff, and people would go, "Okay, well that's bad. Okay, well that's good. Okay, well what what are we going to do?" And it changed. And and Mike had told me before I got there, there's a group that wants to meet, but please not to meet with them. That, a, a group that what? a group in the Bronx that wanted to meet private, that wanted to meet with me and tell and talk about problems in the Bronx, talk about problems in the church. And Mike asked me, please don't, don't meet with uh, these folks. They're disgruntled. Please just let me handle it. Okay. As I recall. 
And I would defer to Mike. He's probably got some more details about it. But during the sermon, the sermon was interrupted. Uh, someone came up and interrupted the sermon. That, that had never, ever happened in, in New York. Uh, that It was, you know, the, the closest, it, it was something between heckling and someone just saying, no, this sermon needs to get interrupted. You don't know what's going on. And, uh, and there were a lot of people that shushed the person. He was walking down the aisle trying to get to the stage. There oh, boy. Walked him out. And I was like, this was, and, and Mike or someone came up, put their hand on my shoulder, had to come up and calm everybody down. And I, I remember it was, it was the first time I ever felt rattled in New York in my life. It was, it was, it was something I didn't recognize. And, yeah. um, uh, which in, in hindsight was overdue and good for me. But at the, at the time, it set up the next part, which this group came to me, and I didn't know how to tell people, no, I won't talk. And so we found a room, and, and uh, somewhere between 20 and 30 people started started sharing things that had happened to them, things that they were upset about, uh, some things that, that later some people said, well, I didn't really mean it. I didn't, you know, some, but it was, it was, and I guess what was what was the temperature? What was the temperature of the room? It was hot. It was it was it was for the most part. It was, as I recall, it was it was fairly heated at the part that wasn't heated was was crying, was upset. I mean, and uh, it was uh, and I didn't know what to do, except I, you, I've got to listen when people want when people want to talk. I've got to listen. And that's what led us to the whole open forum thing. It led me to years of apology. I said, Mike, I didn't mean to disrespect you. I didn't yeah. mean, and, and it's not like Mike, there, there was still, there was still an idea with some folks that, and, and eventually in New York, the open forums would get shut down, you know, uh, and. Can I, can I ask you something, Steve? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm going to go back to that room in the Bronx and where you're meeting with the people in that room and the temperature was high. It was hot, like you said, and there was, there were certain emotional moments. What was, what was your reaction to this? Do you recall what you were thinking outside of being rattled? I'm sure. But what was, what was going through your mind? I don't remember being rattled in the meeting because now, now I'm in my, my element. Uh, Well, that's the wrong way to say it because this was new, right? This wasn't, this wasn't, but Sitting and listening and talking, there, there's always, well, there's always hope you can, well, how do we resolve this? Anything can be resolved. How, how do we resolve it? Yeah. And uh, the, the thing, what, what I was thinking mostly is I'm going to need to apologize to Mike for letting this meeting happen, but I don't know what else. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't think of any other right thing to do. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be like a politician that holds his hand up in front of a camera and won't, and, you know, won't talk to people. You know, yeah. I, these were, these were our, this was family. The, these were, these were people, many of the people in the room, if I didn't know them by first name, I, I knew all the names. I knew all the faces. These were people, some of them I, I'd known for almost 20 years. Yeah. And uh, there's no way I'm going to tell them I, I won't talk to you. Uh, uh, but, uh, but that, as I recall, that led to the open forums. And uh, I remember we had one up in Rockland hey, County. Uh-huh. Steve, if you don't mind. So oh, please. What, what I understand is the open forums is now 
this is after the letter, post letter, we'll call it. And, and now, uh, here in New York city, the leadership in New York city led by yourself, you guys are hosting, uh, meetings in different locations mm-hmm. with members of the church in which people are, uh, invited to share their grievances or share their opinions about mm-hmm. what's happening. So it's not like, uh, you're going around giving lectures to people and telling them what we're going to do next or what's happening. It's you giving your say and opening the floor for other people to speak to. Am I understanding that correctly? If, if there was ever a time I was giving my say first, that might've happened once. I don't remember that. It was, it was mostly the, the ones I remember we did on a, uh, we did, I think we did one in Manhattan on a Wednesday night. We did one in Brooklyn on a Sunday. Uh, the one on Sunday, I think we had communion first, a brief service, and then it was an open forum. But it was it was just it was open mic night. It was open. I mean, it was just the mic was open. Anyone could say anything that they wanted to say. And the um, the audience, the uh, I, I'll say audience instead of members, just to, to distinguish between there were people there were there were people, some people that just sort of hung their head down and seemed like didn't really want to be there. Uh, and then there were other people that were really worked up and would, and you know, were, I, I don't, I don't remember a lot of shouting. I remember some shouting on the microphone. I don't remember, I don't remember bedlam and chaos. I remember feeling like it was, was chaotic, but uh, I, and, and it was, and it was chaotic because it was not, um, it wasn't the norm of how, you know, church probably. was operating for the past few years. So it was different. That's probably a good way to say it. And I only remember speaking. Uh, I, I probably did it more. The only I only remember speaking in Manhattan before things opened up. And I remember a lot of it was people wanted to know my salary. Hmm. And uh, I remember standing in line. I remember telling people because there there was a thing uh, where the the ICOC. And, and consequently, the New York Church, the bylaws that we had, and the, it was there was this book that had to be this thick. And uh, one of the things, and it was all it was it was almost always for protection. It was to to protect the church, uh, you know, their liability issues. And any church to this day, any church anywhere, if you're going to start a church, you've got liability issues. Uh, as you know, if you rent a space, you've got to get liability insurance and all sorts of stuff. But we had eight rules to Sunday on, on protection things and to protect us from any we and we had a staff. Uh, look, at the end of 2002, we had a staff in New York of 170 something people. It was less than 200 uh, and it was less. I think it was almost 180 people on staff in in ministry and administration. And. Uh, I remember for weeks wanting to tell people what our sal. that seemed like one of the things, what, what do you pay? What do you pay? And I want, I didn't mind. I wanted to tell people, uh, but I was told repeatedly, you can't tell that you can't force, you can't do it and therefore force other ministers to say it. That's a liability to the church. Oh. And I don't remember what the heck we'd worked out, but I remember being in Manhattan and speaking and then, and then I said, anyone that wants to know my salary, I can't say it over the microphone, but I'll tell each and every, if you will come over 
And I stood there, and there was a line of 100 people. So. <laughs> I told each and every one. Sometimes someone would hear over the shoulder of somebody. <laughs> I have to say it again, and they, would, and they would talk about it. And uh, so, but, but, wow. but let, me, let, me, let me answer the question you asked 45 minutes. <laughs> so this, start, this starts, and uh, I went, uh, I, to, to this day, I feel like, I feel like a wimp because why I remember I remember going to Manhattan. I remember Rockland. I remember the Bronx. I remember I remember Brooklyn. I remember Manhattan. I remember Rockland County. I remember there was an open forum coming up in New Jersey, and I and I called Sam and I said I I I don't know. I just don't feel I don't feel like I can go. Can go. I, yeah, I, I said, I, I don't feel, I said, I just feel, uh, it, Sam said, I think it'll be better if you don't go. He, he said, you being there, don't Don't go where? Like go up to speak? To this, to this open forum. And I remember at some point I stopped. I don't remember how many open forums we had after that, but I remember stopping in the middle of it and saying, I just, I can't do this. I would go, I would cry. I, you know, I, I hadn't cried. <laughs> this is a good thing. I hadn't cried five times in my adult life from the time I was 11 until 2003. How old were you in 2003? Uh, 2003, I was, uh, I can tell you exactly, I was 48. You know, I'm, I'm sure it was kindness to me for Sam and for others to say, you don't need to go. It's, and uh, um, at that point, there, I mean, I was, I was a lame duck. Uh, uh, on, on every front, uh, by the middle of March, uh, to me, it's, it's, it's clear that this, I'm not, I'm not going to be the preacher for this church for some time, if, if ever. And in April, I asked, uh, uh, Sam and Dale Porter, the two elders, the two elders that were left at that point, uh, I said, I, I think I need to resign. And they said, no, it hasn't come to that yet. I said, I, I think it has. I, and I said, and I think, I think if, if, if I don't resign now, I think that uh, you're going to get a board that's going to be vicious. I said, I'm not going to go anywhere. I said, I'm going to stay in New York. And I did. I said, I'll, I'll stay right here. I said, but I, 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 it, it seems like between being a world sector leader being here for 20 years, whatever, I, something I thought that would work to an advantage to give people confidence. I said, no, nobody believes me right now. And so uh, they agreed to do that. And in May, there in Rockland County, uh, I stepped down as as the evangelist. And I spent the next months trying to figure out uh, what we were going to do to support ourselves uh, from then on. I would love to know what happened thereafter, but but before we move on with that, I want to get back into the nature and the culture of the church that we we established. And I have to say we, because even though I was at the bare bottom of this system that was built, I was there. I was a member, you know? I, I helped to perpetuate it. I know you were the leader of it in many regards, but I think all of us uh, played a role. Here's a simple question. Was it a numbers game? I want to go back to the growth of the church. Was it a numbers game? 
because that's something that we've spoken about uh, in this season of the program. And people have brought up just this constant need to recruit and grow and grow. Was it a numbers game? Well, some people surely think it's so. And I think some folks can prove it. So I think I think for a lot of people, uh, it must have it must have been. And I don't want to. I don't want to sound like, oh, not me. For, for for me personally, from the from the beginning, from the time I was eight years old, it was a numbers game. It was it was the idea that the world is lost, and we we know what the Bible says about helping people get saved, and we need we need to go save folks. And so, um, I, I mean, I can talk numbers. I can tell you all the numbers I remember. And that might reveal that it was more of a numbers game to me than I'm in touch with or have been willing to own, even after all these years. I, I don't know. But but for me, it was it was paramount to try to save people and keep them safe. And uh, but when we talk about the writing on the wall and how I should have read it or understood, we we baptized over a thousand people. Well, close to we, we baptized close to fourteen hundred people. Four or five years in a row. We're talking about New York City. In New York City, just and in, in, I'm just talking about New York now. And and New York, New York was my heart, but by 2000, 2001, probably in the 90s, and somewhere in the 90s, for everybody we baptized, two or three people, anyone that came in the front door, there were two or three going out the back door, and we had all sorts. We let me bag week, I. I had all sorts of ideas about what was going on and about what we, what we needed to do to fix it. And to my, fix, to fix the, uh, the revolving door of people fix, coming and living to fix the, the, redolve, the, the revolving door. And uh, none of my ideas that I, I can't think of any that were right or that were, or that were. Uh, I, and uh, I believe that I owe a huge apology to all of the people who are on staff in New York or anyone anywhere, I mean, uh, to, to the any chance to talk to a member. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to do this is because you became part of the church in 1995. Yeah. And you stayed up through the time I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, to me, to get a chance to talk to you or anyone that was there then, uh, to me, there's, there's, there's a hope for some kind of healing uh, for for something, for some sort of resolve or something to go in. I know you and I have a disagreement on the word cult or on the idea, was the church a cult or was it not a cult? I, I, um, I can cop, I can cop to most anything these days. You know, if you, if you want to tell me I had two heads breathing fire and I, maybe not that, but <laughs> if, if you, if, if you want to tell me I didn't listen, I'm sorry. I, I bet you're right. I bet, I bet you a million bucks. You're right. We we were two hundred percent committed to trying to baptize people into Jesus Christ. That that was there. The, I remember a reporter. Gosh, I don't think it was. It might have been the New York Times. I think it was the New York Times. Yeah. But I remember a reporter asking me, "Is there anything you want me to ask?" I said, "Ask me if I really believe it." He says. Well, do you? I said, yeah. I, I said, I really, I really believe that we're supposed to baptize people for them to go to heaven. I said, that's that's what I have 
believe since I was a child. And I, it would be impossible for me to tell you whether I'm brainwashed, indoctrinated, and a cult. But I said, I believe this is the mission that we find Jesus given right before he went to heaven, go into the world, make disciples, baptize them. And I said, I, I have believed that my entire life. I don't want to lose track of your question. Was it, was it a numbers game? Uh, let me, let me, let me just channel myself from, to me, numbers are souls and souls are numbers. And the more, the more numbers we have, amen, the better. That, that was the simple logic. I'm, t- I'm telling you as accurately as I can what I remember. But I remember us being in as many meetings where we talked about it's not about numbers. It's not about numbers. Mm. I know no, no one no one cares to do it. I know that if you went back and listened to tapes or things from sermons that I did at the Javits, I know I said a lot of stupid stuff. But I know I also said a bunch of times, this isn't about numbers. This isn't about this, you know, and 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 if if a discipler tells you to do something that you don't you don't you don't have to listen to men. You listen to God because I really believed we were supposed to have relationships where we worked things out that we would figure things out. But I believe that that ugly story I told you, I think it applies to people feeling like it's 10 o'clock and I haven't invited anybody to church. I've got to get up and go out and invite someone. I never, and I'm not, I'm not saying this in defense of me. I, I, you know, after all heap as much abuse on me as you, I, I can. And it's not that I'm tough. I can take it. I'm, I'm, it's, I don't think you get to enjoy what I enjoyed all those years and not, and not try to deal with people that say, this was ugly, Steve, this was bad. I've got to hear that. I've got to listen to it. But to me, if we were to try to dissect what, what happened, it'd be a young guy in 1995 wants to be an intern. He looks around and says, well, if you baptize a lot of people, you become an intern. So I'm going to go baptize a lot of people. I'm going to get to to me. I I don't, I don't know when that stops being any committed religious group, any committed organization. And when it becomes a cult, I, I don't, I don't have, I don't have the mind for it where I've got to think through and own the numbers game that you bring up for, for me, uh, like I said, numbers are souls. Lisa and I brought a group. The church grew to a point, and then it stopped growing and started going backwards. Uh, I thought, well, I don't know how to do any more than this. But I realized there's a, there's a bottleneck. It's, it, things shouldn't have to go through me. Things shouldn't have to go through a dozen world sector leaders or, or uh, for that matter, a dozen preachers in, in New York City. And we were very patriarchal. We, were very, we had a women's ministry and women were in almost all the meetings I ever had because it was our wives and I was lazy. I didn't want to have to say things twice. <laughs> if I told the guys something and they go home and tell their wives, then the wives would have a reaction. We had, okay, well, let's have to take that. We'd have to, you know, so we, we had, it was, they, the meetings were always men and men and women. We, we had all, we all became a bottleneck. We all had limitations. We, we, you know, we took the uh, Jethro advice to Moses leaders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. And so I, my, when things started going, seemed to be upset. I, I thought we're all trying to do too much. We're all trying to lead too many people. We're trying to get too many. So we need to start over. 
And uh, one of the biggest mistakes I made in trying to start over, and one of the biggest apologies is to the young group of people like Dan and Cinnamon and Anna and John and uh, Jody and Gary and all these people that just went through uh, hell in, in 2003 and are, were, were viewed by some people. Th- those were good, sweet people trying trying to do what they thought they were supposed to do. And, but they were put in a situation where they should have never, I, I mean, Dan and Dan and Cinema took over a group of 2,200 people in Manhattan. Lisa and I got to start with 18 people. We all know each other. We all like each other. We're all eating together. We start something very organic and it grows and it grows. And uh, I'm not saying, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to persuade you right now. <laughs> I'm not trying to talk you into something right now. But I want to give you the picture because I sincerely think friendships like ours will help me make sense of some things. Because for me, there were too many people that were given this large thing to manage, to direct, however you want to say it, to lead, manage, and direct. And as talented as they were, it was, it was, it was a huge mistake. 